Welcome to Life, Lessons, and Laughter with your host, Glenn Ambrose. Hey everybody, welcome to the show. So today we are going to talk about helping people wake up spiritually. And how, do we, and, how, and how do we do that? Do we have any ideas on how we help other people wake up? Crystal, who is joining us again, do you have any ideas on, on what Glenn's going to say? Um, no, but probably not coffee, as I joked before the show. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so uh, coffee's not going to do the trick. Glenn, what do you mean helping people wake up? Uh, ironically enough, Coffee may be um, your best shot. (laughs) (laughs) I knew it. I knew it. I thought when we started this episode, I was like, Glenn's going to say that the answer to helping people wake up is you can't help people wake up. Yeah, kind of. I mean, yeah, let's just go down that avenue first because it's the most important, I think. Sure. (laughs) So... Yeah, I mean, we'll we'll touch on some, you know, possible ways to help a little bit here and there. But the fact is, is you can't, <laughs> you know, and you it, it's you can't help people wake up because it's it's such a personal journey. And it's, you know, I, I use addiction as an example a lot of times. And it's a good example for this, too, because I mean, it, because it's it's the way many people have either seen or heard about the reality of this is through addiction. And, you know, it's when somebody is just killing themselves through addiction, everybody on the outside is looking at it going, Oh my God, why would they do that? How can they keep making these choices that are hurting themselves obviously? And, and, you know, Oh, they, they, they lost the the love of their life. Surely this will wake them up. And, Oh, that, you know, they've lost their children. Surely this will wake them up. And, you know, they lost their business and they're homeless and they're, and all this stuff. And they've killed somebody in a car accident and they, you know, all this horrible stuff people are going through and everybody on the outside is going, this will surely wake them up. And, you know, of course, you know, in, in wonderful situations, it does, <laughs> but in, in many other situations, it doesn't. And, um, that is just the reality of the situation. You can't do the work for anybody else. It's just, it's impossible. You never know, um, when somebody's going to open and you also never know when somebody's going to close back down. You know, when I, when I was sponsoring people in addiction, it was, you know, after a while, after you kind of get solid with your own recovery and, or at least I shouldn't speak generally, this was my experience. Like I kind of, um, anchored down and was, was, um, comfortable with, with my recovery process and how it worked and even what it looked like in other people that I knew and stuff like that. And you almost start, start thinking you got a feel for it. Like, you know, okay, I, I get it. And, you know, and, and I see how this works and all that stuff. So you start thinking that you can tell what's going to happen with other people. And again, addiction is really a good way to learn this is you learn real quick that you have no idea. You, the people who are getting everything that you're saying and it's clicking with you, 
uh, with them and you're like, oh yeah, yeah, look at them. They get, and then all of a sudden they hit a wall of fear and just shut down and they just can't do the actual big pop open. Um, to, that really changes their life. They just can't do it. And that, and they end up using again and back out there and sometimes dead because of that. And then you have other people who are struggling, just kicking and fighting and, and just challenging you on every little piece. And they're really a pain in the butt and it's really hard. And, and then all of a sudden you're, you're sitting there going, I mean, this person is never going to get it because they're just fighting everything. They're resisting everything. And then all of a sudden, boom, they pop and it's just, and they're open and you're like, Oh my God, I never thought they were going to get it. You know? So it's you. And, and those are the two extremes and there's tons of gray in between there. So, you know, I learned it back then. And as you're working with other people, um, of course, me as a life coach, but this also includes most of my listeners too, perhaps all of my listeners, <laughs> because I mean, everybody is, everybody that's listening, that's working on themselves. There's a reason you're listening and working on yourself. There's a reason you're drawn to this type of teaching. There's a reason, you know, you have a big heart, you're working towards opening. That's why you're listening. Um, and all those people we have kind, compassionate hearts, um, as everybody does underneath. But, <laughs> but the people who are working on themselves, their kind, compassionate heart is near the surface. So they're very caring people. We, we care about the people around us. And when you care about the people around you, you want them to stop suffering, of course. So we want to help other people. And that is, I'll tell you, it's one of the biggest things we have to learn is that we cannot save anybody. We can't, we can, we can be, we can be the beacon. We can be the light. Um, we can be the candle in the window, but we cannot do the work for them because it's, it's the, we just never know who's going to wake up and who's going to shut down. We, we have a choice with, our spiritual awakening, just like we have a choice with everything that happens in our lives. And the choices we either open or we close. Every situation, we either use it to allow us to open more and become more of ourselves, or we use it to force us to close and tighten and become less of ourselves. And we, you never know what somebody's going to do. So all we can do is really burn brighter you know, that's like, I envision it like a bonfire, the brighter I burn, the further my light and my warmth emanates. So it can reach and touch more and more people to give them what they may need if they so choose to pick it up and open to it. But it's still their choice. And there's going to be people that are standing right next to me, like, you know, like I envision that everybody is like a match. And they all have the sulfur head on top and they're all capable of igniting and lighting off of the heat or the light when they get close enough to it. And there can be somebody standing right next to me. And if they choose to build a wall around that, that match head, so no matter how close they get, the light and the warmth won't ignite them, then they can be completely in my life on a daily basis and around it. And they still won't open. It still won't ignite. They still won't light up. 
you know? So it's, it's, we have freedom of choice. It's the foundation of our creation is freedom of choice. We have to choose what we want and nothing, including spiritual law can override that freedom of choice. That reminds me of something that I said. Uh, well, I've said it a lot. I, I don't know if I've ever said it on the show, um, but uh, we put a lot of stock in moments um, as people. Like you, when you started the episode, you were talking about um, like you know no no car accident. Like you know they they hurt somebody in a drunk driving accident, or they you know. There is no rock bottom that's going to make someone change, and there's no rock bottom that's going to make you change. Like, having a kid is not going to make you stop being an addict or wake up. Um, just be like, I know that people talk about that, like, moment of like you see your child and like you love your child, and and that's absolutely true. Or like you hit rock bottom, like a car accident or something like that. Or an, or an arrest or, or whatever it is. And, and I know that it sounds like we're talking specifically about addiction, but I mean, whatever it is, you know, um, a divorce, somebody leaves you, something, something like that. Like you think that there's going to be this rock bottom and then that moment is going to inspire change, but it's about choices. Right. Like, we, you can have that rock bottom and if you don't choose to wake up, like if you personally, and that means other people too, all work is self-work and that means it's self-work for other people. That's not just advice for you. So it's their choice just like it's your choice and no moment and no amount of you hoping that a moment or an issue or something is going to change someone else. Nothing is going to matter unless you, if it's yourself, or them being themselves, make a choice to open up. Right, and it's and it and this gets it, it gets confusing because it's spiritual, so it's hard to put words to it. And it's very there's uh, there's only a small space in which this occurs, and because like sometimes people do wake up from after a moment. So they think that the moment did it, you know, like they, Oh, they had this huge, horrible thing happen. And then all of a sudden they get sober or all of a sudden then they, they found uh, self love or, you know, and, and like, if you just look at it real quick, you go, Oh, the moment inspired that change. No, it didn't inspire that change. It's like it, the, the moment there was a little gap after that moment occurred and something happened in there and it was, it's an emotion. There are no physical um, uh, like moments uh, that are bottoms there. Every bottom is an emotional bottom. So you can, you can, you know, for an example, like you can lose your, you can lose your family, you know, your, your spouse, your children. And then, um, like you, you, your shoelace breaks. And then all of a sudden you're like, I, I can't do this anymore. I can't do this. And that's what changes. It's not the shoelace. 
you know, and it's not the straw that broke the camel's back. I mean, it's it, it, even that it pushes us towards it. It pushes us towards it. But every bottom is an emotional bottom. You know, like uh, I think in maybe my situation might be a good example of it. So like, you know, my son was 1400 miles away. That was killing me, but it couldn't get me sober. So me not being with my son couldn't get me sober. But the, the thing that really was a big catalyst for me to get sober was me picturing him living his life without a father figure because of the choices I was making. So, I, so that was an intellectual understanding which induced an emotional bottom. I couldn't make sense of that. I could make sense of how I lost my kid. I could make sense of why it was 1,400 miles away. I could rationalize that. I could say there were reasons for it and all that stuff. But I couldn't understand, I couldn't make it okay that he was going to live the rest of his life without a father because, I mean, I, I, I knew I wasn't going to live much longer. So, so he was going to be without a father completely. So I, was like, I couldn't understand, I couldn't rationalize that. I couldn't make sense of it. So then I hit an emotional bottom, which changed. So it wasn't the physical act of him not being there that woke me up. It was, the mo- it was an emotional place that I couldn't make sense of that got me there. And if we look deep enough um, in, in people's lives, that's what induces the awakening. When, when it's an emotional bottom, it's when you, know, you just can't take it anymore. And, and, and as far as physical incidents, what happens is when we're going down the scale and our life is getting worse and worse, it's basically a lack of self-love in way, one way, shape, or form, whether it's addiction or anything else. So as our life is getting steadily worse, what we do is we just lower our standards to meet our circumstances. You know, that's the best definition of bottom I ever heard of in recovery. It's like, well, you know, I'll always have a job. You lose your job. And it's like, oh, well, my boss was a jerk. Uh, Well, I'll always have a place to stay. Oh, you lose your apartment. Uh, Well, I mean, it happens to everybody. You know, and I mean, I'm staying with friends, so I'm technically not really homeless. Um, you know, oh, I'll always have a car. Well, oh, you lose your car. Oh, well, you know, I mean, it's not my fault that the thing died. Like, you know, like you just constantly lower your standards to meet your circumstances. So that's why incidents aren't actually as, as good a catalyst to change as we think that they are. You know, and, and they can induce an emotional, um, shift. I mean, you know, but it's still the emotional shift that has to take place. Otherwise, everybody that lost their family would wake up or everybody that had a child would wake up or everybody that had a car accident would wake up. And it, it's just not. It's, so it's not the actual incident. It's the emotional bottom. And like you said, the, the choice that comes from that emotional bottom, that really makes a difference. I wish that we had someone that we could talk to right now that was having a fairly recent spiritual awakening and that maybe like someone that Glenn, you uh, described to me as um, uh, opening up like crazy 
Oh, oh my God. I have to, Ben is now king of the segue. <laughs> you have the corniest segues. Thank you. There, it's that way on purpose. Yeah, I know. I know. That's what makes it funnier. Because I hate, I hate segues so much that I need for them to be making really fun of the fact. Crystal clear. I, crystal clear. <laughs> let's Someone let's say get, my name. Let's, <laughs> let's get Crystal's take on this. That was a, that's what you call a double whammy segue. Take there that. You go. And, uh, we're professionals. Yeah. Well, and I was just sitting there laughing. I was like, oh, I see where this is going. <laughs> yeah. Oh, good. Yeah. Oh, I'm glad you could see through that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> With that crystal clear. Clarity. Yeah. Yeah. So what do you think, Crystal? Um, I, I mean, I agree with you. I think it's all um, an emotional bottom. Um, I, you know, I wasn't in addiction or anything. My life really wasn't that terrible, but I was just completely miserable where I was. And um, I reached out to Glenn and because I was like, I can't actually keep living this way. Like if I envisioned my life in the future, I'm like, is this, is this really it? I can't, this isn't going to work. And I ended up having what one describes as a profound spiritual awakening so um and i agree that a lot of it was definitely centered around self-love and my lack of it and it's been uh, um, an interesting journey learning to love myself so yeah and it's it's that yeah you are a good example because you didn't have these huge what some people call jackpots where where you're you know, your life is exploding in these huge areas around you and you just get, you know, like often happens in addiction. And it's, it's, you know, and, and most see to me, this is one of the most beautiful things though, is that this is how the spiritual awakenings, it's, it's almost like for lack of a better term, bottoms are getting higher. Like people don't have to lose everything. There's so much information out there. There's so much, there's, there's, there's so much possibility and hope out there now that's growing extremely fast and you know when you start seeking you'll find so when and and especially in in this day and age of information if you start seeking for things it's pretty easy to find what you're looking for nowadays because it's out there you know, it's out there and it's accessible. So, you know, I think that's one of the things that's speeding up this spiritual shift is, well, two things. One, you know, technology is definitely helping because people have access to information. But the but internally, people are just sitting there going, like, there's got to be more to life than this. It, like, I can't, you know, like you said, you look at the future and you're like, like, this is it? Like, I'm going to... I'm going to live for the rest of my life, like doing this type of stuff and like feeling like this and like, come on. I mean, and it it, it sounds, it sounds uh, like not that big of a deal when you first, when you first hear it, like, oh, well, yeah, you know, she, she didn't like the way her life was going. So she changed it. It's like, no, that, <laughs> that is so profound. We've never lived in a time in human history where this is happening 
at the level that it's happening. I mean, you know, you didn't have people in the depression saying I wasn't fulfilled with my career, so I quit. (laughs) I mean, they're just trying to put food on the table and live. You know, like, I mean, times are changing. We are living in a day and age where, you know, good enough is not good enough anymore. Just maintaining and just kind of existing isn't good enough anymore. And it's bubbling up and people are just feeling this push that there's something more and they're following it and they're waking up and they're fine. You know, this is the, the big spiritual shift that's happening. It's funny, the, um, you know, there's so much emphasis put on the negative things in the world right now that um so uh you know that's what we that's what everybody tends to focus on but like we are categorically living in the in the most special best time in human history right now i mean we just are like yeah there's people not, are waking up i mean I'm, species is waking yeah, up yeah it's insane for, for um like for as much negativity as there is in the world and as many problems as as there are there are problems that we address as big problems now because we're addressing them like and and just like 30 years ago they were still there you just weren't talking about them and the fact that we're even talking about them is a positive thing the fact i mean like right <laughs> there's hate, there's hate and injustice and unfairness and and like downright horrible things that are that are done every single day in the world right the fact that there's a large voice that says that those things aren't acceptable anymore at all like the fact that that's even a conversation makes this a better time than it used to be Right. It's contrast. It's getting clearer what's wrong with this world. And I think I saw uh, I saw a meme the other day that was I thought was a really good example of our growth. It, it said something about, um, you know, I'm not going to get it exactly right. But basically it said um, <laughs> it was this little cartoon and it was talking about climate change. And somebody like in the audience was said it was like this bubble and and they said well yeah but what if we go through all this trouble of um like learning how to use sustainable energy and and take care of the earth and all this stuff and then we find out that we weren't actually like like the climate change wasn't actually happening like who who cares? You know, that's such a good point. Who cares? <laughs> like, I mean, what if, what if we, what if we, you know, move to cleaner, more sustainable energy, and then we find out climate change wasn't happening? Who cares? We're, st- we're still in a better situation anyway. Like, you know, it, it doesn't matter. Like, we've spent the last 30 or 40 years fighting whether climate change was real or not. Do you realize that? We've spent 30 years arguing whether climate change was real or whether it wasn't real. Do you know how stupid that is? Yeah. It doesn't matter because it doesn't matter. This is what we get lost in. This is why I don't follow politics because politically people argue about the same thing for 30 years and they're not even talking about the solution. Like it doesn't, or whether it matters, it doesn't matter if climate change is real or if it's not real. 
what matters is that you know we're not treating the earth respectfully and we live on it that's bad you know what matters is other options for energy would give us i don't know other options for energy that might be good Sure. <laughs> you know? So like the, the solutions we're working on are good contained within themselves. It doesn't matter if climate change is happening or whether it's not happening. If it's happening, we'll fix it by doing this stuff. If it's not happening, we'll still benefit by doing this stuff. You know, but, no, but pe- we literally argued for 30 years missing that. And now we're not missing it. And that's, to me, a, a beautiful sign of growth. It's such a good example of what, you started talking about Ben and what I try to show people, people like, Oh, you know, all we do is look at the negative and it's like, yeah, but the contrast is getting to the point. We've talked about stupid things for so long that we're starting to get sick of talking about them. And we're starting to actually look for solutions instead for some stuff. And (laughs) (laughs) right. Yeah. Yeah. Bringing that, but bringing that back to helping other people wake up. Um, let's talk about the, let's talk about the fight, right? Let like, let's talk about the, the fight of the political spectrum. So like you're not, if you've ever had to try to talk to somebody who's on the other side of you, um, ideologically, uh, in politics, especially in the country that the three of us live in, um, where it's where it's diametrically opposed to parties, generally speaking, and anybody who's on the fringe of that also equally makes the other two people mad, the other two parties mad, right? If, anytime you're trying to to talk and prove your point and really hammer it home, I'm sure that you've noticed like almost a hundred percent of the time you're talking to a wall. Right? right. And I mean, Democrats talking to Republicans, Republicans talking to Democrats, uh, green party people trying to be like, Hey, let's just all get along. You know what I mean? Like nobody wants to hear anything other than their opinion. And that is the essence of it's really hard to try to get people to wake up, to help people to wake up because anytime you're approaching anybody with something that isn't a confirmation bias, to how they already feel, you know, and in this case, if, if they're somebody that's not waking up, if it's somebody that you love, that you want, there's a, there's a good possibility that they live in this negative headspace of whatever it is that they feel about their life, you know, that, that is causing their misery. And people that are miserable like to stay miserable because they know it and it's comfortable, as you've talked about on this show 160 times. Um, so it's very difficult to have, to even have a conversation where you're trying to encourage somebody to do it. So other than, you know, being a bonfire that burns as bright as you can, what would your solution be to that? Since it's, it's, it's essentially talking at a brick wall. Yeah. Well, stop talking to a brick wall. You know, it's, I mean, you're right. It's, it's a waste of breath. It literally is a waste of breath. So don't get into the conversation because it's, it's not going to go anywhere. So I don't, you know, I don't like, I've had many people and I've said this many times, I've had people, you know, just that like when, 
if I'm in a social situation and somebody comes up and they, you know, as soon as most of these people, as soon as the conversation starts, it's not really difficult to figure out where they stand, you know? And so it's like they, and, and it doesn't matter if I'm in alignment with it or if I'm not in alignment, if somebody just comes out and they go, you know, they, they throw something, they let their position known and it's not my position. I'll just change the subject or, you know, what, maybe walk away, whatever. It's just, it's just, I don't get into it with them. And a lot of times, you know, people will, because I can talk <laughs> and, and the people that usually I surround myself socially with, um, like they, they tend to like the way I think. So that they'll think that like, I'm going to shut this person up by proving my point because I can speak well and I can really prove my point. And I, like, it's the opposite. I don't engage them at all because it's a waste of my time. It doesn't matter how good I can speak or how strong my point is. They're not open to it. So why bother? You know, so it's, and people come up, well, why didn't you straighten them out? Because they weren't interested in being straight. Like they, <laughs> they wanted to be where they were. So if they're not open to it, it's a complete waste of time. I mean, I'll have discussions with people who are open. You know, this, I think we did a podcast on this. There's three types of people. People that are open. People, or people that, uh, what is it? People that see. People that see when they are shown. And people who don't see even when they're shown. And too often, people who see spend all their time working on people who don't see even when they're shown. And they just keep trying and trying and trying and trying. And it's like, just stop, you know, just put your attention on the people who see when they are shown. You know, if you say something and people go, what do you mean by that? If they lean in now, all of a sudden that might be a person that you can, that, that they're already opening. So they might be open to what, to them. They might be willing to open to what you have to say or to themselves, <laughs> you know, spiritually. So, you know, that you can feed and continue on. But if you see a brick wall, walk away. I mean, it's just not worth your time or energy. I think, <clears throat> well, what keeps coming up for me is this idea while you're talking is um, you kind of have to be willing to be wrong to open up. Um, you know, if I had, you know, using my life as an example, if I had decided, well, this is fine. Uh, this is just the way people are supposed to be miserable and going to a job they hate or whatever. Um, you know, then I wouldn't have changed, but I was like, well, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm, maybe there's something else that I'm not seeing here and I need help see. Um, right. But until people are, are willing to not be right, you know, they might not open up. Right. And that's, that's why, you know, would you rather be right or would you rather be happy? That's such an important phrase because that's, what it comes down to. I mean, we can be right all day long. That's, that's why I think that's why my bottom was so low is because I was really good at rationalizing. I mean, so good that most people like I, you know, I was homeless and just real low bottom, you know, really horrible bottom. And like, I could get normal people to be like, Oh, wow, Glenn, you know, like after an hour talking with me, they'd be like, geez, <laughs> you know, 
boy, Glenn's really had it tough. No wonder why he drinks. Like, they'd be on my side, you know, like, because <laughs> I was really good at rationalizing, you know. So, like, it's, it, it, took, it took a long time for me to, to hit that bottom because I could rationalize things in my head. But when I couldn't, when I couldn't make sense of anything anymore, and that forced me to open, you know, it's, and this is the three things that I found that they teach in recovery. And I found this is normal. This is, you know, when I made the transition of working with people in recovery to working with everybody, I, the reason it was so easy is I found out that we all struggle with the same things. It just looks different on the top. You know, it's more obvious when a, when an addict is, is dying, (laughs) everybody else is dying too. It's just slower and not as obvious, you know. But but we're all struggling with the same things, and and it's the same. Uh, the the solution is the same, and it says that you need to be open minded, honest. Um, oh, jeez, and uh, willing, willingness, open mindedness, and honesty. Those are the three things that you need to recover, and these things are indispensable. And I find that that is the exact same in recovery as it is with everyone else. You need to be open-minded so you can see another way. You can't be closed off and saying, I'm right. You, know, you need to be able to be honest with yourself. When somebody shows you something and goes, look, like this is real. You need to be able to go, okay, yeah, I was, I was blocking that and I probably shouldn't be. <laughs> and I don't know everything. You need to be able to be honest, mainly with yourself. Um, and you need to be willing to make that change. You need to be willing to try think, to do things differently. And if you have those, you know, it says those three things are indispensable. There's only three of them, but you got to have them. <laughs> like, and it's true. That's, you know, it's, it's what I found because I've seen everybody I've seen wake up has the ability to be honest with themselves. They're open-minded and they're willing to do the work. I would agree. So look for those people. Right. And so to summarize, uh, because I think that most of this boils down to the thing that you said at the very beginning, and it, and it comes back to it because the podcast is titled how to help people, um, you know, Uh, it's it's about helping people wake up and the fact that the best thing that you can do for that is to just uh be a beacon you know as you said about being a bonfire that that grows that glows uh wider and um i think that the most important thing that we haven't talked about and i'm just gonna say that i mean we have covered this in many 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 things um including episode two of this podcast five years ago uh and it's chapter 40 of your new book care for yourself. Like remember to care for yourself so you can better care for others. Um, like, because you can't give, you can't pour from an empty cup as the memes are very popular right now. Like you can't do that. You can't be a a beacon that shines bright for others. Um, if you're not, and you're not going to force somebody into waking up. So just remember to, to care for yourself. And I'm, and I'm saying that, as a, as a final thing on this episode to remind myself, cause I really need that, that, uh, that information this week. Yeah. And it's, you know, it, it's, you have to be the change you wish to see, you know, be the change you wish to see. If, if you want other people to wake up, you just live it, just walk it, 
that, that you know they are it's it's um <laughs> there's so many similarities with this aspect uh to recovery um it's it's attraction rather than promotion is what they teach so it's just be happy be peaceful be loving be accepting be kind and after a while, when you're not trying to change everybody around you, see, change is manipulation. So when you're trying to, we're going, we're going to have to go over on this podcast. Oh, we're so, already over. It's fine. Good. So change is manipulation. When you're trying to change people, we, we, we play the martyr like we're good people and we want all this wonderful stuff for people. Yeah, it's a nice thought. But if they're not willing to change, that's called manipulation. So we have to stop, and that's an energy. Manipulation is an energy. So we can have the best intentions in the world, but if we're trying to make somebody do something, even if it's good for them, if we're trying to make them do something that we want them to do, that's manipulation, and they can feel that. And then we wonder why they're repelled by us. It's because they can feel the energy of manipulation. So stop trying to manipulate people and just be the change you wish to see. And then after a while, they're like, screw you. Uh, well, I don't want to do that. And you're like, okay, you don't have to. It's your choice. Yeah, damn right, it's my choice. So what are you doing? <laughs> you know, like after a while, when there's no resistance, after a while, the people who might be open to it start warming up to it. It's, but as long as you're pushing and trying to manipulate and to try to get them to do what you want them to do, there's that energy of manipulation that they can feel and they resist it. So it's, it's not about trying to change people. It's just about, you know, uh, just being the change. And the last thing that I want to touch on is, is that it, it's along the same lines as this is we technically, like we just spent the whole podcast talking about, we can't change people. We can't induce change. But what we can do is another part of being that beacon, being that light, is it's, everything's vibrational. We're energetic beings. So if our energy field is vibrating at a lighter, higher rate because we are awakened and we are awake and we're just vibrating love, then that lightens the atmosphere around us collectively in the entire universe, but also around us. So if somebody is, is around other closed off people and they're closed off too, well, that's kind of natural. People who are on the verge of awakening, if they're around a lighter atmosphere, a, a higher vibration, it's easier. It's, they're more susceptible to opening. Because the, 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 the atmosphere in which they're in is lighter and it's more loving and they feel safer within it. So that's the only thing that we can do. We can be a safer vibrating atmosphere for them to stand next to. And though, so if they're, if they're standing near somebody that's awakened and they're close to awakening, they might pop open. Whereas if they're standing next to somebody closed, they wouldn't just because of the collective vibration there. So it's easier. You know, this is why some people get confused when they go find a guru somewhere and they're in their presence and they're f they feel the love and they think it's emanating from the guru. They think they need to be in that guru's presence to be able to feel it. 
they get attached to it. They don't understand that it's actually coming within them and it's just easier to fall into it when they're with the guru, you know? So, so, you know, this, this is, that's how the, the vibrational atmosphere works. So, but it all boils back down to be the change you wish to see. Just live it. All work is self-work. Go inside, do the work, awaken, live awakened, talk awakened, be present, you know, be loving, be kind. It's all what you do. And then those people that are capable of awakening will awaken off of you when they're ready, when they choose to. That's it. But you can't make anybody. Oh my God, I feel better. All right. So glennambrose.com, check out the book down to earth. Uh, we'll see you next time guys. No, yeah, thanks for listening everybody. Yeah. Uh, uh, check out crystaltubs.com if you want to find out more about crystal. Um, yeah. Glennambrose.com has everything, the book, the podcast, the, the videos. Um, you can check out video versions of the podcast now on uh, follow Glenn on YouTube, follow him on Facebook. He's on all sorts of social media. All of the links and stuff are on the website glennambrose.com I, I figured i would just get the shilling out for everybody <laughs> at the end so that we could wrap it up quick <laughs> all right that'll do it thanks for listening everybody we'll talk at you soon glenn is available for life coaching sessions to book an appointment or for more information go to glennambrose.com follow him on facebook and twitter or click the link in the description of this episode